that's what heaven says when you don't share the gospel. And that's what happens when you don't know how to share the gospel. I'm trying to like cut that off. It didn't work. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Vantage Point Podcast. We're here for another episode. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing me too. It's gloomy outside, though. Wonderful. That's like the worst part about winter. You know, seasonal depression, bro. It all. Here's. Can I just go on a little tiny rant before we get into the? Go pod? on a rant. Do it. I don't like that we take Christmas lights down in December. In my yeah. opinion, we should leave them up all January, and here's why: take the tree down. I get that. Take the decorations down. Leave the lights because it gives you just some sort of hope. It, when yes. it's dark at 3.30 in the afternoon, yeah. you when can see the... Literally, I think I, every night this... like So far, every night during time change, I've been like, man, I'm so tired. What time is it? 7.45. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, anyways, now that we're heading into a new season of school... Yes. And y'all are back in school. Back at work. Things are happening. Back school. Semester's Life rolling up. is Routine. back to normal. Yes. We want to talk about something that is very important and is the foundation of the entire church, you know, what we've built everything on, why we're here. Um, what is that thing, Jake? It's the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Dun, dun, no, dun. And I think, and to unpack it a little bit, it's important to talk about this. One, if you hear that we're going to talk about the gospel and you're like, check, got it, done. See ya. I'll see you at the next podcast. Don't do that. I think the gospel is one of the most misunderstoods in American... Uh, misunderstoods misunderstood things in american christianity which is crazy because it's like literally what our faith is completely built on yeah and so why are we talking about the gospel as we dive into our routine we're coming out of the christmas season where we celebrate arguably the coming of the king we now need to focus ourselves on what is our anchor yeah and that is the truth of the gospel yeah so, amen to that yes amen so without further ado the first question that i have for you jake is why is the gospel so important? Yeah, I think the gospel is so important, kind of for what I just said. It's the central anchor of the Christian faith, uh, the way, as the New Testament would call it in the book of Acts. It's the truth of what God has done to accomplish what no one else could accomplish, and that is redeeming a people to himself, a broken and sinful people to a holy God. The gospel is so important because it's how we get in right relationship with God. Why it's so important to talk about it is many people do not know how to articulate the gospel, and many people struggle with sharing the gospel. And so those are some of the things we want to talk about today. Yeah. If you find yourself, man, I, I, it's hard for me to quite understand when people say, what is the gospel? What am I explaining? Or I get nervous and I just kind of forget things. We want to give you practical tips. We want to give you information and then practical tips of how you actually enter into gospel conversations with people who are believers and more importantly, people who are not believers yeah. as well. Yeah, and I want to acknowledge, too, that this can sound really intimidating. Like, hey, oh, yeah. go up to someone you don't know and share the gospel. Like, we're not necessarily asking y'all to just do that the first time. Um, I do think that's valuable, and you should do that at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to say is, like, we need to first work on our understanding of it to build up the way we articulate and try and just practice. You know, the best illustration, we are in Lexington, Kentucky where there's a ton of Kentucky fans. And the best way that I could il illustrate this is you need to talk about what you're most passionate about. And so you go up on a street in Lexington, Kentucky, chances are you're going to find someone wearing some UK swag. I, not wearing any UK swag today. Woo -woo. I don't wear UK um, swag. I wear it all the time. Anyway, <laughs> but the first thing that's going to come up undoubtedly is UK sports. If there was a basketball game or there a football game, someone's going to say, hey, man, you watch them cats? Or how about them cats? 
and you're going to engage in a conversation and it's going to be like ever flowing, super easy. That's how we should get as Christians about the gospel. And when yep. we see each other, we should be talking about things that are rooted in the gospel. Now, obviously, we may not say, hey, man, did you hear about Jesus and what he did for you on the cross? <laughs> That's probably not how our conversations are going to go. But all of our conversations <laughs> should be, I mean, first thing I see you in the morning, bro. Hey, how was your morning? Nope. Hey, how about that Jesus? How about that Jesus? Amen. And the work. Tim Tebow, he, uh, he did a corny Christian thing at Passion oh my a couple gosh. of weeks ago, and he was like, you guys are on Team Jesus. And I just Yo, like cringed in my Well, seat. he said he's the captain, right? Jesus is the captain. And he was like, you can't forget what team you're playing for. Team Jesus! I have a petition to the Christian world. Everyone out here. Stop can, being corny. Please, for the love please. of God, can we stop being weird? Like, just be normal. We don't have to use these, like, dumb, you're playing for Team Jesus. Remember that. Don't worry. And there's nothing wrong. We are on Team Jesus. Let yes. me be We are on Team Jesus. Yes. But... Uh, there are other ways to go about it. Anyway, we digress. Let's dive back into it. So diving into that, why do we talk about the gospel so much in the American church, but obviously we struggle to articulate it? Because, I mean, think about it. In sermons, what do we talk about? Yeah, the gospel. The gospel. We make mention to the gospel all the time. You got to share the gospel. You got to think through the lens of the gospel. You got to see through the lens of the gospel. You got to meditate on the gospel. You yeah. got to be... In the reality of the gospel, we say the term all the time. And I think one of our biggest mistakes is we don't articulate what we're talking about when we say gospel. Yeah. In fact, I've told people, I've like gone around and spoken to many different youth pastors and at a couple different conferences, and I've told them, man, stop using the term gospel and start articulating what the gospel is. Yeah. Because what we're doing, words matter and they hold a lot of weight. When we start talking about the gospel without articulating it, we're not painting an accurate picture of what we're talking about. So you've done this before. I've done this. I've talked to so many people and I've said, hey, what is the gospel? And what are some of the answers you get, Brody, when people man, when ask that question? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Oh, yep. Always, or the good news. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten the story of the Bible. Yep. Or Jesus died on a cross. Jesus died on a cross. Um, I mean, there's probably some more I could go Oh, there's, into, I mean, you could go, yeah, but, but those are probably, in my opinion, the most common. Yeah. And so, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not the correct answer. And so, no. if, if that's what comes to people's minds when they hear the word gospel, that falls short of what the gospel is. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. The gospel is the most beautiful news in all of the earth. All right, so then what is the gospel? All right, so we've talked about talking about the gospel but not knowing what it is. We're going to break this down in depth, but uh, I'm going to actually have Brody in a minute read for us Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, which is where, in my opinion, you can find the most clear picture and definition of the gospel. 100%. But if you are listening to this and you're like, man, I don't know how to articulate the gospel, here it is as plain as it can be. The gospel is the good news that the one true God, the just and gracious creator of the universe, has looked upon hopelessly sinful men and women and has sent his son Jesus, who is God in the flesh, fully man, fully God, to bear God the Father's wrath against sin through his substitutionary death on the cross, which is just a fancy way of saying through his taking of our place. Yep. And he does this to show through the resurrection his power over sin, Satan, and death. He resurrected from the grave so that everyone who turns from themselves and their sins and trusts in Jesus and what he accomplished, 
as their Lord and Savior, they will be reconciled to God forever. That is the gospel in plain. Yep. God has looked upon us who are in sin. He has sent Jesus to redeem us. Jesus has demonstrated perfect obedience and become our substitute. So for anyone who looks to Jesus, who died and rose on the third day, will not perish, but have everlasting life and be reconciled to God the Father. Plain gospel. Spit it with Ephesians chapter 2, verses yeah. 1 through 10. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, mm. following the prince, the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out, our, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, mm. because of the great love, which, which, oh my goodness, which, 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 because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So if you want a passage that studies and demonstrates the gospel in a clear way, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, yeah. nothing better. It gives you the picture of who we are in our brokenness, who we would be apart from the saving work of Christ Jesus in our lives. It shows us that we are co-heirs with Christ through what Christ has accomplished through his substitutionary death, that is the beautiful picture. It's not by anything that we do. The gospel is something that God has done and, and changed us, and our response is faith and obedience and love. We are now, because of what Christ Jesus has done, the workmanship of God. That is a beautiful picture of the gospel. Amen. So with all that said, I want us to break down five threads of the gospel. So we gave you a, a plain definition, which, by the way, can at times be very complex to understand. Yeah. So I want to give us five threads of clear gospel pictures. How do I, if I'm going to share the gospel, right, how do I share the gospel? Well, one, we'll get into that right after we walk through this, but it starts with knowing the gospel. Yep. If you want to share the gospel, you got to know the gospel, and you got to know it in five simple threads. That's the easiest way to digest and understand it. So starting at thread number one, you always start with God. The Bible is about God, not about us, not about us. The Bible is about God. And so thread number one of the gospel is the character of God. God is holy. If he's not holy, none of this matters. In the beginning, Amen. God created the heavens and the earth. God is holy. He is creator. He is perfecter. He is the author. He is the life giver. He is the redeemer. I could go on and on and on, and it could be a wrap. But yeah, that's where we start. So now, with that first thread, starting at God, understanding an appropriate view of God, he's holy. We have to help people see that God is holy. We dive into our thread number two, which is what, Brody? Yeah, the sinfulness of man. Who are we? So this is who God yeah. is. This is who we are. So we, we clearly can look in Genesis 3, the yeah. fall of man. It's called the fall because God created us in the original intent, and it was good. Like mm -hmm. we, were, we were with God, living with him in the garden, in perfect communion. Man chose to sin and go against God's direction. Therefore, we separated that communion with God. Yeah. So our sinfulness requires a punishment. God says that for the wages of sin is death. 
that they get to God's eternal life. You, you have to have payment for that sin. Mm-hmm. So because of that, man was cast away from God out of the Garden of Eden, not in communion with him anymore. And now we have this uh, setting in of the sin. So we have to hit this point. This is the need for Jesus. Yeah. Like, we can't get to the rest of it if we don't understand our sinfulness. Absolutely. you got to see the brokenness. We're created in perfection by God, who is the creator, but then we're corrupted by our sin. Our choices, uh, we rebelled against God. Right? Yeah. And people will argue, well, it was the woman. It was the man. No, bro. It was we yeah. rebelled against God. We have all turned away. Uh, they've become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Romans 3 would tell us that. Romans 3.12, to be specific. In our rebellion, you hit it right on. We are separated from God. So as people who are not following Jesus, we're separate from God, and we exist in that reality, which is what you hit on. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, hitting on Romans 3.23 there again. but Yeah, and if you ever want to take this to a perspective now, it's like, why do we have, why do so many bad things happen in the world? You can trace it all the way back to Genesis 3.15. I mean, 3. You can literally say, this is why we have pain, suffering, and all this hardship in the world is because what happened to the fall of man. Well, and can I sidetrack it just for a little bit? My, the craziest thing that people do is they blame God for the brokenness of this world. If God was good, then why does sin exist? If God was good, then why does evil exist? If God was good, why does cancer exist? I can't explain why any of this exists except for the fact that we sinned and we brought it all into the world. Yep. If God is good has never questioned me because God is good. God is holy. But we're not. And we brought this into the world through our rebellion, through our corruption of what God originally and perfectly designed. So why can a good God exist where sin exists and where evil exists? Because God did not bring these things into the world. No, man brought these things into the world. We sinned. And so that's where we have to start. And then, dude, that's a you got to do some digging there, because that, that's obviously we don't have time to dive into it there, deeply in a theological term. But There's so much. There's so much there. There's I a, actually wrote a paper in seminary about yeah. that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you, there's a whole class spent on, like, a whole part of class that I was in that was spent on the fall of man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of books out there, too. Short of Glory is one that I think of. Mm-hmm. Um, we can post that in the links yeah, in sure. this podcast. So. Love it. All right, so you've got, uh, starting at the character of God, you've got the sinfulness of man, thread number two, and then let's dive into thread number three. Uh, who is Jesus? So we need to talk about the sufficiency of Jesus. And the reality is, people will argue in a Unitarian way, there are so many ways to get salvation. There are so many ways to heaven. And that yep. is a lie from the pit of hell. There is one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus alone. Jesus alone is able to remove our sin and restore us to God. Don't believe me? First Timothy 2.5, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, Mm. Messiah Jesus, Lord Jesus. How many doors were on the ark? I use this illustration all the time. (laughs) One. One. World gets destroyed. God's going to bring a flood. He provides salvation. What is that salvation? It's a boat, and there is but one door. Same thing is true. It's a a picture of what is ultimately going to be in eternity. Sin has brought up brought upon destruction, and there's one way to be reconciled to God, and that one way is through Jesus. There is a sufficiency in who Christ is and what Christ accomplished. Christ lived the perfect life. Christ demonstrated perfect obedience, and Christ died an undeserved death so that those who deserved it might inherit what Christ earned through his obedience. That is why we are called co-heirs with Christ. Jesus is important. 
Anything mm. you might add to that, Brody? You know, what if what if I'm explaining this to someone, and this is where I'm, I'm at the part of talking about Jesus, mm-hmm. and they go, you know, I think Jesus is more of a metaphor. I'm not really sure he was a person. Yeah, I mean, and I How think— How do I respond to that? One, there's tons of resources. I don't know if we have in this short podcast enough time, because I think that's a podcast in and of itself. Totally. Uh, one of those resources, by the way, can be found in Greg Gilbert's book, What is the Gospel?, which is also a great resource where you're going to find all this information. Uh, Greg did not pay us for that. No, uh, we were getting no, no we just believe no kickback. But I believe in the yeah. I mean, I believe in the Bible, and uh, this book does a good job of pointing to Scripture. So and in, and it kind of explains some of that. But in short, there is historical evidence that supports who Jesus was. There is arguably no atheist that would disagree with the existence of who Jesus was. There is historical evidence for what Christ did. Uh, there is historical evidence that he was witnessed resurrecting from the dead, yep. historical accounts. And so there's enough evidence, even for the skeptic, to see that Jesus was no ordinary man. And for those who think he's a metaphor, that's just not true. There's yep. proof that he really existed. For those who would say, well, you know, he was just a great prophet, a great teacher. Again, you've got to go to Scripture. There is evidence and there is proof that Jesus was who he said he was, and there is proof that he did what is recorded that he did. There's witness accounts, and back in the day, I mean, that's, that's and significant. And you have to, I think one thing that has helped me in the past when I'm talking to friends is, like, you ask them, what is something you'd be willing to die for? Mm-hmm. What is something you're willing to die for? And usually they'll say, like, family, you know, yeah. my wife, whatever, if they're married, kids. Then you bring them back to the gospel and say, you know Jesus died for you, and not only that, people died for Jesus. Yeah countless, like all the martyrs. apostles were yeah. martyrs. They were mm-hmm. killed for their faith. Well, except for the one that refused to die. Except for that one. John, you yeah. know. <laughs> so they sent him to an island. Yeah, he had to go get exiled. You won't die! He's <laughs> like, get out of here. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it, you have to sit back and think, is this, would someone be, you know, could it be that elaborate of a lie that they would be willing to die for it? When Scripture talks That's about crazy. if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then we're wasting our time. Paul yeah. literally has said, we are to be pitied if Christ did not resurrect from the dead. Mm-hmm. But let me confidently tell you with all the faith in my heart, Christ rose from the dead, which then leads, if I'm being yeah. honest with you, this question leads right into our next thread. Thread number four, the necessity of faith. We have got to have faith in this truth of the gospel. And by that, what is the necessity of faith? We can be restored to God only through faith in Jesus. Ephesians 2.8, you read it, for we have, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, this is the gift of God. There is a confident trust, an expectant trust in Jesus and what he accomplished, and you do have to have faith in that. You do have to trust him. You do have to give your life to Jesus. You don't, we, we, we covered this a little bit in the podcast last week, but you don't accept Christ it's easy to accept Christ and not have faith in Christ. Yeah. It is impossible to follow Jesus and not have faith in him. Mm-hmm. Because to follow him, you have to have faith in him because you're giving up everything. You're risking everything. And you're saying, Jesus, you take control. Not to quote the theologian uh, Carrie Underwood, but you are literally <laughs> saying, Jesus, take the wheel. It's your car. It's not even my car anymore, Lord. You own it. You have yeah. the key. Don't take the wheel. Take the keys. It's yeah, yours. You're in control. Yeah. And that, yeah. Thanks, Carrie Underwood, for that. Thank you. <laughs> Although she was wrong. It's not just Jesus no, take the will. It's, it's Jesus take the keys. Everything. Like, have it all. Yeah, everything. And I think that that's essential. Mm-hmm. And the American gospel has cluttered that 100%. Yeah, and not to go back to like old hymns, but 
I mean, you've you've sang it, right? Have thine own way, Lord, mm-hmm. right? Have thine own way. Dude, even the way we pray. Everything. The Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Your will be done. Your yeah, kingdom everything. come. Not my will be done. My kingdom come. It's not about us. There's a necessity of, a necessity of faith in Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, okay, so we've got, let me just recap that real quick. You've got the character of God, God being holy. You've got the sinfulness of man. We rebelled. We were corrupted. We were separated from God. The sufficiency of Christ. Christ alone is the one who's able to redeem us. He's the one who's alone able to restore us. And it's through our, our faith in him, thread number four, that we would trust him as Lord and Savior of our lives, that we would trust that he really did die the death that we deserve. He really did take the wrath that we earned. He really was the one who was the substitute for us, and he didn't stay dead, but he demonstrated his power over sin, Satan, and death in the resurrection. We have faith in that. And then thread number five is what do we do with all of this? There's an urgency of eternity. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of the time of our podcast. But we're going to we're going to look at the reality of there is an eternal destiny yep. that hinges on our response to Jesus. This matters. This is not some I said a prayer, I walk down an aisle, and here we are, Lord. No, this Life is, is great. This is everything. Yeah. This is not, man. I go to church. I've been. I don't know why I'm doing a country accent right now when I do those things, but <laughs> I, I, I've gone to church. This is who I am. This is my seat. This is my parking spot. This is my songs that I sing. These are my prayers that I pray. No, this is every bit of who we are in life. Matthew 10, 28 says, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. This is everything. Eternity is at risk. Yep. And so when you trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you are following him and your everything is in his hands. Yeah. And how you communicate with others and what you communicate with others about matters. I, I read this recently, and I think it's, it's just a beautiful phrase, like the way it was said. And it said, Jesus died on the cross says, Eli, Eli, Lema Sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I probably very, butchered that, bro, by the way. Very impressed, though. Thank Said you. it with a lot of confidence. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, that's, that's what the Bible, it says, it translates to, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. The reason Jesus said that and the reason he died on the cross for you is so that we will never have to say that. Mm-hmm. Because the ultimate death, the ultimate penalty is God forsaking you, is turning from you. That's a scary reality. We can feel the goodness of God wherever we are on this earth. Correct. Imagine a place that is completely absent of the goodness of God. And God is saying, turn away from me. I never knew you. Mm. The prayer would be that as many people as possible be able to stand before Christ and say, because of what he has done, God is not forsaking me. Yeah. And that is, like, I remember when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Like, that's, that's so true, you know? Yeah. If I'm in Christ, I, I have confidence in my eternity. Absolutely. I don't have to stand there and go, man, I hope I get into heaven. Yeah, it's there's like, no question there's about assurance. it. There's a faith there. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's a good word, brother. All right, so I want to I I pivot part of our conversation. So, so a lot of people will not know how to articulate the gospel, which I hope after listening that you've at least been presented five threads of how you articulate clearly what the gospel is. How do we study that gospel? Well, again, resources. Yep. Um, I mean, David Platt's got ton of ton of them on Radical.net. You've got this book. Brody's mentioned a couple things. You study the gospel daily. Yeah. In how we think, 
We need to think in light of the gospel. <laughs> and how we... What? Sorry. What? I can tell you're about to like... Yeah, like something... Something was going on there. <laughs> We're sorry. You're good. Uh, we can back up. You're good. In how we think, we need to think through the lens of the gospel. In how we are motivated, we need to be processing through the truth of the gospel. Study the gospel each and every single day. The gospel is literally the core of the Christian faith. If you come to a place where you get tired of studying the gospel, you need to repent Mm -hmm. because this is what changes you and it should change us each and every day. When I'm a bad father, I am not in the truth of the gospel. And it is the gospel that is going to transform how I am a parent. When I am not a good husband, when I am cranky, it is the gospel that is going to convict me of my brokenness and my sin that is causing me to mistreat my wife and not treat her uh, as the bride, as Ephesians would tell me I'm supposed to do, as Christ treats the church. The gospel shapes how we interact with people. It shapes how we interact with the world. It shapes how we spend our money. It shapes how we spend our time. It shapes how we spend our affection and what we give our affection to. The gospel is everything, and so we should study it every single day, and the best way to study it is remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel, and there's no better way of seeing those truths but in God's word itself. Yeah, amen, and that's where you're going to find it. That's it, brother. What were we gonna say? <laughs> I said, and then, and that's I don't know. I don't know what I was gonna say there. Word. That was anyway, a word. Is that what was you a were word to say. Um, yeah, and I think that. So Jake, just to kind of give us some practical tips. So we've talked about what it is. We talked about the yeah. threads. We talked about we need to study it daily. Yeah, one hundred percent. Wake up in the morning. Set yourself on the gospel. That is how you can get the right mind frame to Correct. go about your day. Yeah, everything should be viewed in light of the gospel. So how do we share it? How do I practically share it with my friends? Well, one, let's just say you're not going to be perfect at this. Yeah. One, you do it prayerfully and humbly. Prayerfully meaning you trust the Lord. There is an aspect of when we want to go into doing something, it becomes a performance, and that's not what the gospel is. Sharing and communicate the gospel, communicating the gospel is not a performance. It's a spiritual reality. And so prayerfully pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Pray for the wisdom and how you're going to communicate. Pray for the right tone and the right attitude as people ask you questions that you would respond well. So we prayerfully share the gospel. Secondly, we humbly share the gospel. It's not an argument, bro. You don't, I'm going to show this guy. Watch how you're wrong. That's a false gospel right there. (laughs) No, that's not like, you can call things false gospels, but how you do it matters. And so going in love and loving on people. So you share it prayerfully, you share it humbly, you also share it relationally. Mm. You are not always going to be, and arguably I would say more times than not, a street evangelist where you're sitting there yelling at people, you're going to hell, this is the truth of salvation, repent. I'm not saying anything about those people, but what I'm saying is Jesus communicated the gospel relationally. He built relationships with people, and we all watching and listening to this, we have relationships with people. You start sewing gospel threads into those relationships, and the best way to do that, start asking questions. Yep. What do you believe about God? Do you believe that how we live matters? Do you believe that there is an eternity? Like, what happens to us when we die? Those questions will open up the door to people's curiosity, and it will provide opportunities to speak truth into. Yep. And it'll provide opportunities to speak truth in love. And again, remembering you're not a professional. This is not a profession. This is a passion. Yeah. When people ask me about UK, I don't have to think, man, did I get those stats right? <laughs> like, it, it, no, yeah. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm, and, and you got to, so obviously, prayerfully, humbly, uh, do it in love, do it 
in relationship, like relationally, but also you need to remember that when you're sharing the gospel, you are sharing the gospel in truth. Yep. And you're trusting the Spirit of God in that process too. And people don't like to talk about the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God is active in how we share the gospel. And he will provide yes. verses, truths that you didn't even realize. You've read them, you've studied them, but you didn't realize you knew them until those moments where you're in a gospel conversation. Like I, I can remember, even in preaching, like I'll be preaching and then Holy Spirit will bring a verse to my mind and I'm like, dude, that's perfect. I wasn't even thinking of it. I studied <laughs> yeah. this for hours and didn't think about yeah. that. So like you trust the Spirit as well. I, I, I kind of peppered through some of that, but that's kind of how... Yeah, I think the, the main idea is you don't have to get it all right. No. And you're going to get better the more you do it. So the most important thing is God will look upon your heart mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, Brody was willing to at least try. And he'll bless that. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. I think and you can ask those questions too. Like we're totally here for you guys. Absolutely. We've been there. I, trust me, I've walked into random people on the street and shared the gospel with them. And I've missed like major things before. Like, I remember walking away from one and being like, I think I totally forgot to talk about the fall of man. Which is pretty essential to like essential, the yeah. gospel, but you know it was my faithful is. But if you the never do it, of trying. If you never do it, yeah, you'll never do it. No, it's really stupid to say that. But if you never do it, you'll never do it. So start, yeah, and do it in obedience. Like it's okay. The more passionate you are about this, the more you're going to do it. And 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 if you believe this, there is a real ending here, and and it's either hell or it's reconciliation with God. I don't want anyone to spend time in hell, not even my worst enemy. Yeah. And so, again, start small and start with questions. Do it trusting the Lord. Do it in humility, but just do it. Mm -hmm. And then talk to people about the gospel when you do it. And you don't have to share the gospel with non-believers. If you're scared about what you're going to do, start sharing the gospel with your Christian friends. That's an easy way to start. And don't do it in a weird way. Like, just do it casually and talk about God and the goodness of the gospel with your everyday friends who mm-hmm. profess to be believers. That's how you get comfortable with it. Yeah. So hopefully, obviously we didn't spend a lot of time on anything. We kind of gave you a quick overview, but we wanted to provide in this new year opportunities for you to understand why is the gospel so important? What is the gospel? And some what are some practical tips and resources that we can have to share the gospel? So hopefully that's been a benefit yeah. to you. Brody, you got anything else to add before we... Anything that we've talked about today will be in the description yeah. on you know everything. So... Um, yeah that's uh, it really awesome if you have any questions please feel free to reach out to us uh, Jake D at IBC Lex Brody T at IBC Lex.com. you can also follow us on Instagram at IBC Lex or IBC Students that's our Sorry. main account that's our main, main account. account yeah you can do that one too so uh, it's Students IBC there we yeah I don't anyway <laughs> it'll be on All screen right. <laughs> hey thanks for hanging out with us today have a great day and God bless you see ya